Welcome in on this snowy day in the Mile High City. Got that music bumping. NFL Week 1 right around the corner. One day away from Thursday Night Football. Incredible. Uh, Obviously, the uh, mood around NFL football here in Prop City, Fraud City, the Mile High City, uh, a bit like the weather. Uh, we kind of went from 90 and sunny to uh, 30 and snowy and gloomy like that because uh, the GOAT won't be on the team for the Broncos for probably the whole year now. Um, So that alters things significantly. In fact, if we want to talk week one lines, which we will be doing on your final show here with us, Hank, before uh, Ryan comes back on, and I'm, I'm proud to say I have survived. I am in the plus. I have two more wins above 500 than I did coming into this with you, Hank, and I'm 1.8 units above. So despite all the insanity we've done, the Rockies props yesterday, taking the overs on the Padres, the overs on the Rockies, and the over in the whole game, that really salvaged a lot of things, plus the Vegas Knights, huh? How about those Knights? We said it. Dude, how much are you kicking yourself for not sprinkling, taking them to win in a shutout? I in hindsight, that actually is something that I was thinking oh. about because it, it was such a lock, I feel like, for both the Lightning and the Knights to be winning these series. Yes. And I did take them to win the series by at least two games and got decent odds by both of them. But I do wish I had at least, like, as you said, sprinkled that sweet because that is such good value. It's the missed opportunities that always uh, get you the most. And that's why you guys need to always consider live betting the Rockies than not doing so to get that good karma uh, for the Rockies. Because, again, nothing gets you more than the bets you didn't place. Hopefully you didn't place too many bets on the Broncos spread going into week one because when those lines first came out, Denver was a one and a half point favorite. That's now swung a full three points uh, to the Titans being a one and a half point favorite. And obviously what's happened in just the last few days is the Titans have added Jadavion Clowney and the Broncos no longer have Von Miller for week one. So obviously that's a huge swing. Um, Rarely outside of quarterbacks will you see a swing that large. But with two star players on the defensive side, uh, that's what's going down. Um, So I I just thought that was relevant news, kind of that change in the line. I believe with the Von Miller news now swinging that line of full three points, there is no other line that has swung that drastically um, since these first came out. And I calculated and tracked them all, you know, back during quarantine time. Uh, when our podcast here was just starting to now, that's the line that's seen the most change. So uh, worth mentioning. But anyways, they don't want to put a damper on us. Still wearing shades. Still happy you're here, Henry. Uh, but you've got some picks. We went through some good college football picks uh, yesterday that that we like that I think uh, will will prove to be quite nice for us. Now I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of talk NFL, talk about what you uh You've got an, a, an upcoming uh, column here for some mm-hmm. football betting, which I'm excited to uh, you know pump out and maybe have you on on a weekly basis to talk about those. So anyways, there's some of these picks you have that I agree with, some of them that I don't so much agree with, and some I think you're just straight up crazy. So what you got? What do you like in this NFL slate, man? 
Uh, well, let's just start with the one that I think is uh, the one you're going to call crazy, and that is the Cardinals playing at San Francisco. Yep, you know, yep. it does feel crazy to do anything but just take the 49ers here because the 49ers are coming off one of their best se- uh, seasons in a-, a decade, really since their last Super Bowl appearance, because Oof, that's what they yeah. did again last year is go to the Super Bowl. Nope. You know, looking at that team, though, I do not trust it. I think that especially in the NFC West, they're going to have some competition. And when you just look at the roster turnover, particularly losing to Forrest Buckner, and that really is an important position. And sure, they bring in Javon Kinlaw to quickly replace him. You just can't fill those shoes. And when you lose, in my opinion, the best player on that defense, you have to expect some sort of regression, especially because defenses have more turnover than offenses. Um, you can find that in like the fancy points and the the just total defensive stats that uh, the defenses have. But sure, I, I do think that they're due for some regression. I'm not bought in with that group of receivers with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that maybe there is a little bit of flukiness last year. Throw in the fact that Arizona has a potential to be a breakout team, and that's not really a team that I'm super high on. The Cardinals, I think that they're getting a little bit overrated. But if the 49ers fall back a bit, or if the Cardinals take the leap that they're totally capable of taking, then all of a sudden this is a toss-up game. If one of those two things happens, I think the Cardinals have a real shot. And that's why I like that plus 255 value on the Cardinals. Um, you know, I, I think that uh the line is set at seven. That's yep. also tempting is just to take them to be within a touchdown. Yes. And that's where I want to get started. Yeah, that's an interesting one because all the cases you're making, my data uh, agrees with you pretty much down the line. I mean, nothing you're saying is crazy. 13 team, uh, 13 win team last year uh, projected to be more of a, you know, the win line set at 10 and a half. So already Vegas has baked in you know, regression by two and a half wins. And then my metrics bake in an extra win of regression. So you're looking at more of a nine and a half team, which I think we agree. Super Bowl hangover, all the factors you just built in, not 13 win team, but not like, oh, they're not even making the playoffs. They're in that nine win range. Um, Well, what the cards were a five win team last year, their win line is set at seven. So again, there's some baked in projected improvement there. And yeah, my metrics seem to agree with that, that, yep, if it's not seven, it's going to be eight. So instead of a 13-win team against a five-win team, it's more like, per my metrics, a a nine-and-a-half-win team against an eight-win team. So those margins are way slimmer. The other big factor, and I love that this was a commonality in a lot of your picks, Hank. I don't know if you even caught this or realized this, but so many of the picks you like are road dogs. Why is the road dog important this year? We have no fans. We have no fans. So how much does it matter on the road? Because I haven't adjusted my metrics. I've still left the three-point home advantage. Now, I I haven't, you know, I I used to do for if a game's at Arrowhead, if a game's in Seattle, then instead of a three-point advantage, it's a a three-and-a-half, four-point advantage because those, Mm -hmm. you know, you... Seattle, especially you, you factor in the travel of having to go to Seattle and all that kind of stuff. It's a real advantage. Um, now it's just a standard three, but that standard three might be foolish. I mean, how much of an advantage is it to have to travel somewhere to have to sleep? What one night in a hotel, big whoop, um, you know, with no fans, 
is it a one point advantage? Is it a one and a half point advantage? So that slims the margin even further of a game where, again, when these lines were first first came out, Niners were eight and a half point favorites, now just seven. So we've already seen the public come around to what you're saying. Yeah. That said, I, I would take the points over the money. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And, you know, the, the column isn't published yet. And I think that that is one that I'm really considering tweaking. Um, I'm not sure whether it is the money line because the money line implies uh, you have to expect the Cardinals to win this game 29% of the time for it to be a good bet. And I, I think that this is at the very least two to one chance in favor of San Francisco. And I think yeah. that there's, it's a lot closer than 50 50 because I think that the underdogs in general, especially in this week one, where we haven't seen the preseason, where everything is kind of based on mm -hmm. the outside speculation and less on what you've seen on the field. I think that there's room for some error and there are going to be some good teams that we think are good and turn out to be bad. I think that there are going to be some teams we expect to be bad that turn out to be good. I think that this could be a pretty chaotic week one. And I'm just trying to pick some shots on these underdogs totally. to try to find some value. Uh, one more note on this game. You know, the, the 49ers did win both matchups last year, mm -hmm. but they only won the first one by three points. And the Cardinals were actually we winning the game heading into the fourth quarter mm -hmm. um, yeah. by two points before blowing that. And it wound up being a 10 point game before those two games, Arizona had won eight straight games against the 49ers. Um, that dates all the way back to 2014. Interesting, 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 interesting. I'm with you. I think you're onto something that the difference between this team isn't as big, as large as it's being made out yep. to be. I'm not as bullish, but I get I, I think your logic is sound on this one. What Thank else? You. What else do you like? Uh, Well, straying from my underdog strategy, uh, I'm going to jump to Patriots minus six and a half against Miami. I'm not impressed with this Miami team. I think that's getting overrated. I think that teams that do have those high picks, there are some quick high expectations for them. Yep. And uh, especially when you're not even going to see the guy you use that top pick on the two attack of Iloa, this is still just a bottom three, bottom five team in the league to me. Um, and the Patriots are not, I don't think the Patriots have fallen off nearly as much as everybody outside of um, well, me, I guess seems to think so. Uh, I think that this is a great fit for cam uh, just running back. You know, Tom Brady has been the man in new England for forever, but then you start to look at, who else has even played since he took over? Um, you know, back in uh, 2016, Tom Brady missed four games of suspension. Last time mm -hmm. he missed any time with the Patriots. Jimmy Garoppolo came in, won both of his first two starts before getting hurt. Jacoby Brissett came in, won his first start. This is a coaching staff that is going to be able to build an offense yes. around a quarterback. And especially when Cam Newton really doesn't need as many changes as I think people expect, there won't be much of a drop-off. Matt Castle won 10 games when Brady missed uh, 15 games of that tour in ACL. I, I really do think that this is going to be a pretty easy win by the Patriots, and I think that they're going to uh, win by a touchdown. I know producer Kale, who knows his stuff, like I, I, I challenge any producer in the Denver area to go head-to-head <laughs> -head with Kale's uh, sports knowledge, but especially on the NFL, where he is uh, he, he's truly an asset. Um, Definitely. He his blood's boiling hearing you talk about this because he <laughs> yeah, sure. would love to remind us that actually in the last several years, the Patriots and Dolphins always split. So I looked mm -hmm. into this because I was thinking about this pick of yours. They always split. But what happens is the first game they play in the season, the Pats blow them out. 
The second game, it's really close, and the, the Dolphins pull one off. Now, there's a little more continuity with the Dolphins, which is kind of new to them because there's been a lot of changeover. But having the same quarterback and same head coach, I think it's been a minute since that's happened. Um, the other thing is what's crazy is despite adding Cam Newton, this line has gone from Pats being a seven and a half point favorite to just a six and a half point favorite. Um, so there's the for one. And this is something our CEO, Brandon Spano, taught me very early on in my BSN ATS days was that Miami's one of those teams that get, just gets a ton of public money. That's because of their proximity to the Caribbeans and all the kind of offshore stuff that goes on. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. On top of that, they've got the extra juice, right? Because everyone thinks, oh, they were that bottom dweller last year. They've signed a bunch of big-name free agents. They, they had a loaded rookie class. They're going to be a lot better. But as you say, it's probably going to take a minute uh, for that to occur. The only question is how much of this home field uh, is going to factor in because, you know, could it be a three point game or is this going to be a, a blowout? Anything under seven, though, I, I kind of like the Pats. I'm, I'm kind of with you. here. I like it by a touchdown. I like it by a touchdown. Yeah. And just uh, for the clarity, my metrics uh, just based off the numbers last year, YPP would have the Patriots as an eight point um favorite and estimated win would have them as a 13 point favorite so uh, there we whether go. by a slim like edge that. or a larger edge uh my two metrics agree with you on this one all right uh want to jump into my next dog let's do it dog the packers at the vikings um oh, and here's Henry, why Henry, i think Henry, the Henry. vikings are just getting overrated the packers are a good football team <sighs> matt lafleur comes in in his first year leads this team to 13 wins and everybody forgets about it not just 13 wins then they do it in the postseason they go to the nfc championship game oh but yeah this is this is a team that has a washed up old quarterback they can't do anything like they sure they lost an offensive lineman they lost the ghost of whoever that tight end was who you don't even want because sternberger's just fits this scheme so much better than Jimmy Graham ever would. Yeah, they lose a defensive lineman. Like, this is a young team outside of Aaron Rodgers. They have talent all over. I really like all these receivers. And I just think that there's too much hype behind the Vikings. Yannick Ngakwe has one career 10-sack season, and it was in that fluky year where he got to play with Calais Campbell and all those other guys down in Jacksonville. Meanwhile, you have... Two of the top eight pass rushers by sacks last year with the Packers, and they totally get forgotten because you have Daniil Hunter and Yannick Ngakwe on the other side. The Packers have a very good defense. They replace Blake Martinez with a guy who can actually cover. I love that. I think that you put Jair Alexander on Thielen. You can shut that man down. And then you start rushing Kirk Cousins. It's over. Plus, like the Aaron Jones-Dalvin Cook separation is not nearly as big as everybody's making it out to be. On the road, I think that this is a lot closer to a top toss-up than just a pure Packers win. But at plus value, I cannot turn this down. Worth mentioning, Packers won both contests last year in pretty low scoring, like 21 to the high teens type games, which is why the line that's got me most uh, intrigued here is the under 46, honestly. Uh, yeah. Because I think you're right. I think... Um, I think it's easy to paint this as a pass rushers quarterbacks type of matchup, but I think it's going to come down to, to the running games and the run defenses. Uh, both these defenses matched up almost identically last year. 
the real separator was the run defense. Uh, there, the pass defense, the Packers had the slight edge, just allowing one fewer yard per game a year ago um, in the air. But the Packers did allow 10 more yards on the ground. That's where I think there might be the dividing line. But I, I, I get what you mean. And the, the Packers are in the plus money. And you're going, you're going counter tendency because the tendency is, yes, they were a 13-win team last year. But Vegas only has their over-under set in eight, eight and a half. Yeah, so Vegas is expecting a massive regression here. Massive. Which is and pretty crazy. Totally. No one likes their offseason either. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they, they're going into their second year having some offensive continuity. You know, you talk about that running game. I like Everson Griffin better. or Yeah, Everson Griffin better as a run defender than I like Yannick Ngakwe. I think that the Vikings took a step back where as much as I love the linebackers they have there, those guys are playing five yards away from the ball and up front in the middle, the two defensive tackles that the Vikings are going to throw out there. Shamar, Steven, and Jaleel Johnson. Those guys don't scare me. You're going to be able to beat them up inside. And then you look at the cornerbacks. They're going to line up with Devonte Adams. Who is it? Is it Mike Hughes or Holton Hill? Yeah, I just think Mike it just Hughes. doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just think that these are matchups across the board that I just like the Packers in. Yeah, I'm more bullish on the Vikings, but really, I mean, so even if the Packers are an eight and a half win team, Minnesota's also an eight and a half win team. That's the win totals you're giving both mm-hmm. of them. So basically in a neutral site, you're saying it's a pick them with it being in Minnesota. You're giving Minnesota the slight edge, but how much of an edge, right? So yeah, I mean, you want to say take the plus money. I'm with it. Uh, I, I'm not locked in in my whole preseason prediction this is kind of a Padres Rockies things right I've been on the Vikings way more than I've been on the uh the Packers so this is the one where we really disagree but uh yeah I mean I guess the way you present it and once I look at the data it's not even a huge disagreement no um I got one more pick sticking with the NFC North sticking with the road dogs that's uh the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions plus 128 Again, I, I, I just like this money line value in week one. The points scare me, especially this game with the two and a half point spread, I believe. Um, and maybe it's it might be three now that I think of it. And that three point spread, I, I do like a little bit better. Um, it is three. Yep. But uh, this has changed from Lions one point favorite to three point favorites, by the way. Wow, that's really building. To me, yeah. I just uh, I, I think, again, that this whole NFC North is a lot closer than people give credit. I do think that the Vikings and Packers are ahead of the Lions and Bears, but Lions and Bears to me, totally even playing ground. I, th- I think that you have to look at the recent history and just the success that they've had. And I know that I went away with that with the 49ers, but there were some reasons for that. Um, and when you look at these two teams, Matt Patricia has a 9-22-1 record with the Lions. He's on the hot seat. And it doesn't seem like people are talking about that enough. Uh, Jim Nagy, meanwhile, goes to the Bears at the same time, 20 and 12. And he's had Mitchell Trubisky all the way through. It's not like this is a new thing that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the quarterback. They've been able to win games with him there. Um, Even if it dropped down to eight and eight last year, that's still a lot better than the three wins that got the Lions. So I think you have to start with this game by getting rid of these preconceived notions of what these teams are and then realizing how good this Bears defense is and kind of how overrated this Lions defense is. Um, I I think that this is a game that is kind of going to get ugly. Um, I think that there will be some rust in this Lions passing attack. 
um, just because it has been a while since they've gotten together. And sure, I think that it's going to be good long-term, and I think that might even have some fantasy value this week. But I think the Bears can just run the ball against this defense, and that's going to be enough to give the defense, the Bears defense an opportunity to win them a game. Plus 128, I love that value. Um, also, if you parlay the Bears to hold win. Hold up, hold up. David Montgomery is hurt. I don't what what run game do you think is the Bears are gonna have? <laughs> we'll we'll see. We'll see if he plays. But to me, like I'm not the biggest David Montgomery guy anyway. And I think we've talked about this on the fantasy podcast. I think that I just like the style of this team, and they're going to pound the rock. And I think that uh that's gonna be enough. Again, this this money line though, parlayed with the under 44 and a half total. You could get that combination at plus 325. And uh, if you're more of a risky better, I do like that value. Yeah, I mean, on paper, the defense with Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and those kind of uh, blue chippers, it's definitely superior. What's crazy is even without Matthew Stafford last year, uh, these teams per estimated win and per YPP were pretty, pretty close. Uh, so you do think with Stafford back and the slight home edge, that's where my metrics are leaning. But I'm with you. This will be an interesting one to see on paper, and this will be a really interesting week to yeah. establish. Uh, I, I think we're going to see some quick fixes from Vegas on some of these road dogs um, yeah. to where they'll start getting treated like neutral site games sooner rather than later. So this might be the week to really try and mind that inefficiency. Also, I've talked about my metrics and I'll um I'll sprinkle in some of this data in your betting column. Uh, the, going off the numbers from the previous season seems to be quite profitable in that first month to six weeks of the NFL season. In fact, I'm almost I've almost learned that I'd rather wait to adjust the numbers based on the current season's performance and still go off the 2019 projections because those almost seem to be more accurate. Uh, while September and what happens in September in the NFL can be a bit of fool's gold and misleading sometimes. So uh, just to keep that in mind. Okay, I like that, Hank. I um, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. And yes, David Montgomery, definitely a big injury in that, though, frankly, there's no uh, running game for either. Maybe, maybe Mitchell Trubisky should be the Bears running back and Nick Foles the quarterback. Just Maybe. throwing that out there, and they could run the uh, what, what's a Zach and Ryan's the RRPPO? Yeah, wow, I haven't heard about that in forever, but yeah, or the RPPO, what is it? The run, it's the run, run, pa- run, it's pass, run, run, pass, pass option, yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, one more note on that game, I just remembered. Uh, the bear, the Lions defense under Matt Patricia last year was actually giving up. The most points per game it has given up since 2012. That defense is not good. <laughs> and I don't want that to get lost in any of this. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, on paper, they're really stinky. I do wonder how much of that were injuries, how much of that was not having Stafford and just the mm-hmm. the leads piling up. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he definitely doesn't scare you. Uh, no. And I, once you look at the coaches, there's a, there's a clear advantage here for sure. Yep. All right, Nuggets play tonight, 7-10. They are, once again, big underdogs, plus 265, which, whatever. I've seen enough of this series, and I'm not going to come out and say, oh, they're going to win this series, whatever. I do think it's decent value to take them on the series line. Uh, But, you know, 
this series is way closer than plus 265 should suggest. Insanely, the over underline has gone up, not down from the push we had at 220 points last game. We now have it set at 221 and a half. I'm kind of bullish on the under once again. Um, I thought some I thought the Clippers had to make some really tough shots in stretches, especially uh, the end of the second from Kawhi and Paul George to kind of close that gap that the Nuggets had created. I, I don't think that's repeatable all that much, though. Both these teams have proven they can go through stretches of just getting hot from the three. I love the player props in this game, though, because we've seen some real line adjustments. Jeremy Grant, no longer 14 and a half. He's 12 and a half. I know I lost money on three props for Jeremy Grant in the last game. But dude, he played 42 minutes. He yeah. was like essential. Uh, and that, that time isn't decreasing. The way he played defense against Kawhi game two, he's going to see 40 plus minutes no matter what. He, he just went cold. He he was like four of 16, I believe. Uh, so, you know, he just makes one more three and all those props basically hit. So I'm staying away, away from the rebound prop, but I am still taking the point prop. And I'm going back to Gary Harris as well. Gary Harris did cover his prop. I'd forgot about that. I, I got so lost in all the losses from that one awful day we had that when I went back, I realized Gary Harris did cover it because he got 10 points and it was nine and a half. And he covered the total as well. Now his line's been raised from nine and a half to ten and a half, but you get it at plus one twenty-two. Another guy who's getting a ton of minutes. I think his offensive game is just coming along. He's just gaining more confidence. He wasn't shooting it great the last game, but there was more confidence in being that secondary ball handler, being that you know that weak side pick and roll guy. Uh, to where he's involved enough to where I like him to go over 10 and a half, especially at that value. And I like him to go over 15 and a half rebounds, assist points combined. That one feels like really nice value at plus 110. Yeah. And I had uh, I had his over one and a half threes in my bet slip. Uh, mm -hmm. That's only plus 105. I think that uh, I like that about equally with the 10 and a half points. So I'll probably flip that over and take the points because there is just a little bit more value there. But those, it, he seems like a lock to make two threes, though. Yeah, that that's the one where I've been more skeptical. The thing is, these guys got to make them, man. That's the problem. They got to make them. They're going to shoot them. It's just making them. I've There's been so many one for six, one for seven nights in these playoffs. Um, but you're right. I mean, those are kind of correlated together. If he's mm -hmm. if he's hitting his points, it's because he's he's made some of these long distance shots. Um, but yeah, again, if you're getting better value on the points, just take the points. Jamal Murray's had a huge adjustment. He's been in the plus or you know, over under has been in the 30s for him for a while now. He's down to 23 and a half at plus 108. I think that's pretty nice value, man. Yeah, I do too. Um, especially because I had uh, the assist for him over five and a half assists. I like um, that one as well. Yes, but that is now dropped to minus one seventy five. Just while we've been talking, and at that point, I think I'd just stay away. It's not worth the risk to me. So, I, yeah, that that points probably is where I'm going to move my Jamal money, and uh, that is a low line for him. It is, but I mean, he's only on, I mean, the points for him in the series, 12 in the first game, 27, the second, 14 in the third, you are projecting him to have a bounce back night. And I oh, think yeah. that he kind of has to, I think that he was way too passive late 
you know, Jeremy Grant should not have been taking as many late shots as he did, even though he was open. Um, oh, yeah. So if the, in the Keeping It 1000 podcast, which I was listening to before this uh, with Adam Ares and George Carl, mm-hmm. George made a great point. He said, uh, there's a difference between open shots when you have momentum and when you don't have momentum. And that's something that I've seen, but I've never really like processed mm, and put in my brain yep, before. Yep. And and they did kind of get into the state where it's like, okay, we've got an open jump shooter, get him the ball, but nothing was falling and they never got away with it. That's where Jamal needs to get away from that and get to the rim. Yes. And I have to think somebody has been in his ear saying that needs to happen. And if that, if that does happen, then he's a, uh, he's, he should be good to get that over 23 and a half. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know who's been in his ear is Jamal Murray. His inner yeah, dialogue yeah. is all that it takes. I mean, he said it post game. He put the he put the loss on himself. Yeah, he's yep. not coming out flat in this one. It's why I like the over 34 and a half combined assist points rebounds. He had 27 combined in the last game in a really flat game where he only scored 14 points. He gets 20 and still has that kind of output. He's going to hit that easily. And you can get that at plus money as well, plus 108. Um, and then another player prop I love is Jokic over seven and a half assists, plus yep. 108. We've talked about this series. It's all about Jokic. It's all about, you know, he's going to dominate Zubak. Then they're going to double team him and he's going to pass it out. If these guys can make some open shots, uh, this is going to hit easily. And uh, Jokic is a really juicy one to take in a lot of these matchups. You can take. Um, Jamal Murray to outscore Paul George, which didn't hit the last game, but could still be possible. I really like Jokic to outscore Jamal Murray minus 120. So, yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I think uh, one more point that I have to make on this Nuggets series is uh, so I made some money last time in the last series, getting them when they were down 3 1, then again when they're down 3 2. Now mm-hmm. in 2-1, you can get that plus 10-50 on the series line. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the series correct score, there are only two ways the Nuggets can win, 4-3 or 4-1. And those lines, or 4-3 or 4-2, sorry. 4-3 right. is at plus 2,200. 4-2 is at plus 4,000. So we're going to jump into mm-hmm. some math real quick here. If you put 10 bucks on that plus 10-50, you're going to get... Uh, a uh, hundred bucks, you're gonna yeah. win a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. If you put five dollars on the four three, you're going to get over a hundred dollars return because it's plus twenty two hundred. You could put that other five bucks on that four two at plus four thousand and uh make yourself uh what would that be? That'd be two hundred dollars. And so even if they win no matter what, you get the same amount of money as if you just take the series winner. Um, but if they're able to do it quickly, then you actually wind up doubling your money essentially wow i've never been prouder of you that is some spot on analysis that's That's what i'm here for phenomenal stuff and i would i would just put the full 10 on the four three um you know i'm a lot of things in life uh a nuggets optimist isn't necessarily (laughs) one um so uh, but i think this team's resilient i've told you i think they're the better team that's that's pretty good optimism but yeah i I, look this core has never won or lost a playoff series that didn't go to seven games so i'm counting for this one to go to seven and for that trend to repeat yeah before we get into the Rockies, the rest of the NBA, uh, we've already gone on record with the Lightning, but we're going to get revisit that as well because we've got that. Just a reminder, all these lines you can get only from the 
top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. You download it now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up, and you can get a can't. I mean, a can't. You can get like a million can't miss offers right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I really wanted to talk about, Henry, is these future bets they're offering, where you place an NFL futures bet, and it can be a, a futures bet in the range of fifty to ninety nine dollars. Then you're gonna get five dollar free bet on every win the team you had. You put a hundred wow. to two hundred and forty nine. It's a ten dollar free bet. All the way up to you put a thousand dollars on a, on a future for you know whoever to win the Super Bowl. You get a hundred dollar free bet every win they get. So it's just like top yep. top notch stuff. You got to get your futures bet in uh, with that fifty dollar minimum, and then just raking the wins. And uh, I mean, we're always talking about all the great odds boosts and stuff that they've got going at DraftKings. Interesting one though. Yes, yes, it is. And that you want to get in right as this NFL season is starting because that won't last long. And it's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, that futures one is. Uh, I mean, who, who you got real, real quick? Who you yeah. got to win the Super Bowl? Just e- easy breezy, just a, a no pressure type of question. Okay. Um, before I answer your question, <laughs> I do want to say if you're doing this, make sure you're hitting it right on the low end of one of those numbers. Get your value. So hit it right at fifty, right at a hundred or one fifty, because getting up or, or uh, at a uh, thousand. If you're spending more money on our bets than me, and congrats on doing well in life, if that's the case. Totally. Um, but yeah, so hit a $50 bet or 100 because those are the two that bo- have the bonuses, right? Mm-hmm. And then I hadn't really thought past that. I mean, you're really just looking for safety. My number one thought is I need to get my money back. And then if I can make like a lot of money, which is what would happen if you actually pick the Super Bowl winner. Uh, you know what? If I just have to pick one, I think as much as I hate to say it, the Chiefs are right there. Um, I, I'd really yep. consider the Saints. That'd probably be the only other direction I'd go just because mm-hmm. I would want something safe. And to me, I think the answer is the Chiefs, just because I can justify it as emotional insurance. I think that they do have the best odds. And that way, once you have the favorite with some money on them, I think that you can look at that as a way to say, okay, if they win, I'll get my money back for the bets that I'm going to take uh, take shots on with maybe the Saints, maybe the Ravens. Um, you know, the Patriots aren't as good a value as I'd like, um, but they are kind of my dark horse Super Bowl team. Maybe the Steelers, I guess, if they win week one. Mm, uh, that's like where that. I'm really looking. Or, you know, yeah, my package you, plus 3,000. Yikes. You can, <laughs> you, can let, you can let Vegas kind of steer you in that direction as well. You know, uh, the, uh, the highest, uh, the, the most win total here is given to the Chiefs at 11 and a half. My metrics yeah. have the Cowboys as the most win totals uh the ravens can't go wrong they're kind of sandwiched in between those right there all right the difference being the chiefs are plus 600 to win the super bowl ravens plus 650 the cowboys plus 1600 and so not i'm bad. not sure if i trust them enough but uh that would definitely get you the most bang for your buck if you're putting $50 on Super Bowl winner. Yeah, only thing is you just suggested a safe one and I'd love the I love in this season continuity as much as possible. Yeah. Um yeah, and you know the Ravens offer that, the Chiefs offer that, the Cowboys with the new head coach less so. Uh I though 
yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Raptors, Celtics. We've kind of gone with the Raptors all the way, plus 135. I have very little conviction in this, which is why I'm just going to take the better odds and run. Yeah, I think that that's probably the best move. I, I don't know. I, I do think the Celtics are the better team. I, I, I do. And I really enjoyed our strategy of just taking the dog and profiting. Yesterday, I think, might have been the first time that hasn't worked for us when the two favorites both won because the Heat became the favorite. And uh, in the yeah, late still game, won. And the Lakers pulled it out. Lakers, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I'm, I am starting to shy away from that. Um, I will say that the no no double-double for Jason Tatum, I think that when you look through the numbers – um, he's, he's had four of seven double doubles, including the last two, but he's had 10 rebounds on the dot in each of those last two. He's mm. had no wiggle room. Um, the over three and a half assists also would have hit in, in each of, or three of the last four games. That's six, six, three, four. So he's actually right around it or beating it by a couple. I, I like so you're saying yes on the double double. For Jason I'd Taylor. say I'd say no on the double double, but what I'm am I getting confident. that at? Uh, minus one thirty two is the no, uh -huh. okay. so it's not bad, and it is minus one fifty two on the over three and a half assists. But I like that as well. Okay, and we like the lightning going into this one. It's under the yep. minus two hundred threshold, so you know it's not it's not our usual thing. But once in a while, you take a favorite and you just think the fact that you can get them at better odds than they should be. And then we have the Rockies plus 160 underdogs in San Diego with Sensatella on the mound. Uh, no surprise that the Chichi Gonzalez game was a bit of a blowout. Um, that really kind of salvaged my day yesterday. I mean, I guess the money line's juicy here. I would take the over nine runs. And I also like that you can get the Padres over four and a half. And I like the Rockies over three and a half here too. So actually yeah. I like those two better than the over set at nine, because that's, you just need eight total runs for that to hit. Yeah, uh, so that's kind of nice. We've seen Sensatella pitch well too. And so that's what have, makes me a little bit more confident splitting my bet, even though I still do like the over splitting my bet between the Rockies and the Padres. Um, just in case Sensa does have one of these great nights, you, you leave him the wiggle room to pitch seven innings and give up two runs and not be panicking at the end. Totally. And it also leaves you the wiggle room for uh, the bullpen to give up four. So that's always, it nice, does. you know, yep, because they are nearly a lock. I wonder what the over-under on bullpen runs would be at this point because it'd be pretty crazy high. Oh, my God. I would love that, and people would be pounding the over. They couldn't set it low enough mm -hmm. yeah. um, to where the under would probably be the profitable way to, way to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to get into that. I'll, I'll hit DraftKings up right after this. So, mm -hmm. uh, All right, Hank. Thanks for thanks for being with us this whole week, man. It's uh, It's been crazy. It's been fun. It's been a... A bit of a roller coaster ride, and we'll see how these college football and NFL picks go. Ryan will be back tomorrow. Hank will be doing all sorts of other cool stuff with us on the NFL side of things. So stay tuned for that and uh, all this great content we've got coming up this week on DNVR. Never a better time to subscribe frankly so best of luck to you all stay warm out there and we will see you tomorrow